0: going podcast listeners welcome to the simple lifestyle podcast i'm your host carlos Rivera, and today i have the honor and the pleasure to be hosting my buddy tyler wooten here tyler how you doing man
1: doing well carlos thanks for having me
0: man it's i've been wanting to get you on my show for since ever i started this because <laughs> you're one of those people that i've always kind of looked up like up to because yeah. i know you've been doing a lot of great things in college and just making the most out of your experience here and you know so i want to jump into you know just what do you do here at AM? You know you're a mechanical engineer, correct? Yes, sir. So how has that been for you, man? How's that journey been for you?
1: Uh, it's been great. I mean, being a mechanical, uh, I came here as a freshman. I wanted to get a mechanical, but ever since I've gotten, it's it's been incredible. It's been an incredible experience the whole way through. Um, I've had a lot of doors open up for me that I feel like you wouldn't be able to experience in another major, even especially at another school.
0: I mean, in, even from freshman year, you already had a few internships, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. What was the coolest thing you've done with uh, mechanical engineering?
1: Uh, my freshman year summer, so I had uh, an internship. I had a crazy internship my uh, freshman summer. I had two internships that I split my time between and during the week. And wow. then Tuesday, that was in Houston. And Tuesday, Thursday, I would drive to College Station and I would. Uh, I would teach the Startup Agiland class on the Lean Startup Method oh. every Tuesday, Thursday, and then drive back home at night and do the internship Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But Wow, busy the, man. Yeah, over there was a lot of fun. I got to work with uh, Airbus Defense and Space Houston. I'm actually going back to them this summer, and I'm going to be uh, designing a payload adapter for the International Space Station. Wow.
0: Yeah. Man, making big moves. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun for sure. So back to, real quick, back to what you were talking about, Startup Agiland and the uh, lean startup method. What what is lean startup method for people that don't know?
1: Definitely, the lean startup method is if you have a business idea and you are ready to go. You think it's the greatest idea you've ever heard. The lean startup method is a process for entrepreneurs to follow to where you can put zero dollars in and still get validation that your product works. Basically, one of the biggest things we do is we have a uh, business model canvas, and you kind of lay out different aspects of your business. You have your ideal customer and all kinds of different things like that. But uh, through this process, the lean startup method, you interview uh, in our group, we interviewed 100 customers and you get real people's advice on what you should do or what if your product is actually worthwhile. And one of the coolest parts is that you actually don't tell them what your product is. You just have to be able to format questions in a way that you can lead them towards saying they have a problem that your product solves.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you taught that to bunch of students. Were they high school students, college students? So
1: I took the uh, Lean Startup Method class my freshman second semester. Somehow I managed to get into there. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had like graduate students and juniors in that class with me. But uh, wow. that summer, uh, my professor approached me and asked me to uh, teach the class that summer. So they had uh, 12 engineering teams come in. And from there, we taught them the Lean Startup Method.
0: Man, that's incredible. So, I mean, you know, you're, you are you are an engineer. So you're mm. what I admire about you. is so that you have the tech savvy side, but you've also have this entrepreneurial spirit that's a part of you. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's something you've you've developed or something you've always had, but how has, you know, being involved with startup Agilent helped you?
1: Yeah. So I, I think b- getting involved, even as a freshman, like getting my getting a first taste of entrepreneurship, uh, I kind of wanted to continue working for them, but I, I felt bad because I hadn't had a business yet. I haven't made money I felt kind of bad judging people's business ideas if I don't really know what it is to make money. So I think it was a really good base, a really good learning point. But uh, since then, I've gone out and started my own businesses, made a little bit of money here and there. And I would like to eventually go back to them and kind of teach
0: a little bit more with them. Wow. Yeah, kind of like being like a mentor, right? Because they Mm -hmm. meet once a week, I believe, for mentorship and all these kind of things. Exactly, exactly. You can be one of those new mentors and stuff. (laughs) That'd be great. So before we jump into this amazing project that you've been working on, yes, sir. do you do you want entrepreneurship to be a big part of your life after graduation?
1: Definitely. So my biggest goal is that when I graduate from a and I want to go work for an aerospace defense company for three or four years, go get my MBA, and then try to start my own company. So I would like to own my own company uh, in the aerospace sector, and then maybe even do like real estate or something on the side. I think entrepreneurship is a, a huge factor in my future as well.
0: That's awesome. And just out of curiosity, what what got you so interested into aerospace? Is it because for that initial internship that you had, or just was it a prior interest?
1: Definitely, it was. I mean, everybody looks up in the at space and they're like, "Wow, that's so cool." But uh, freshman year, just getting getting involved in that and and seeing how interesting it is, uh, I, I really like the idea of it. And also, NASA is doing a lot of commercialization efforts right now for the International Space Station. So they're actually incentivizing commercialization projects a lot, like. Uh, I worked last summer with a company and they had three guys and they hosted an experiment uh, – a box in space basically. And they had 30 slots and each slot was – they charged $30,000 a month. Wow! And NASA gave them a free flight up to the International Space Station on their pro- for their project and then also gave them like three advisors to teach them how to do all the ropes. So they are giving a lot of resources to people so that they can try to make money in space. So wow. It's kind of like a little gold rush kind of thing i
0: trying to go for right now. That's pretty cool. That's interesting, mm-hmm. and that's just like the the uh, aviation industry is, is huge and it's still growing. Oh yeah, right? definitely. And I, I remember one time we were me and you were talking. It was freshman year, I believe. We were waiting in line for a tutoring, and you talked to me about a time that you went skydiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, how that experience like changed your mind, and it, it, it kind of it's kind of correlated. You know, you mm-hmm. aviation industry and and skydiving. Definitely, definitely. I think everyone should try that. Uh, that's definitely one on, on my bucket list.
1: Yeah, it's it. it, it opens your eyes a lot it's like well why was i so afraid of this before i jumped out and it was fun when i did it so why not do that in other aspects of life too you know
0: yeah I, there you go jump <laughs> jump at it's like you got to be a little bit fearless sometimes you mm-hmm. know i from Definitely. what i imagine and from what i've heard it's at that moment before you jump that's the scariest part mm-hmm. but once you're like in the air you're oh, kind of yeah. just enjoying the moment right yes yeah. it's similar with a lot of things if you're starting a project if you're starting a company the initial part is kind of scary because you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know how things are going to turn out, mm-hmm. but you kind of enjoy the process. Yeah, right? definitely. So you have started a project called the Assistive Ma- Mapping Project. Yes, sir. Correct? Yep. So tell us a little more about that. What What is What is it?
1: The, so the Assistive Mapping Project is students developing innovations for blind and visually impaired students. So the big key aspect is students developing projects for students. Uh, I started this as a freshman. I had a crazy idea. Um, so I went to the Engineering Innovation Center on campus and took a pop-up class on 3D printing. Uh, I came from a super small country town, so I'd never seen uh, like what a 3D printer was, and I always wanted to get my hands on one. But basically, this pop-up class, they told us how to start prints, like what a modeling software is, all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I wanted to get my hands on it more. But what we ended up doing uh, – The the guy who's in charge over there, Jim Wilson, said, if I can think of a cool project, he'll let me 3D print for free. So uh, I actually went and met up with my startup Aggieland group that night and kind of just brainstormed ideas. I was trying to see if they could help me out. But somehow I landed upon the idea of 3D printing maps. Uh, And that's kind of what the assistive Mapping Project has evolved into is 3D printing maps for blind and visually impaired students. And right now it is the 3D printing of the maps that we're focusing on. Uh, We've made maps for about six or seven different campuses. Uh, We are a nonprofit. We have three people on our board, and then we also have five design engineers this semester that are making a map each for different branch A&M campuses.
0: Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> yes, sir. So how does it work exactly? Because like, I know that the students go, they, they, you know, they feel the Braille patterns in mm-hmm. the map mm-hmm. that are connected to different buildings around campus. Yep. Correct? Yep. Is there anything else that they, is there any other factors that are incorporated?
1: Yeah. So the, the map itself, it uh, it's... Two tones, so it has a white base layer, and then roads cut into it, and then black buildings extruded out so if you even if you can see, you can still kind of use this as a map, uh, but if you're blind, you can feel the raised buildings and feel the lowered in roads and get a better idea of what's going on around and then on top of some of the buildings, there's braille labels so m s c would say m s c or rudder says r d r and we also have one in the Memorial Student Center on campus, and people can go get a get their hands on it and play around with it and see what it's all like
0: yeah that's really exciting. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, that one day you were brainstorming with your startup Island Buddies. You guys didn't know what this could turn into. Yeah. Right? It was no just idea. something that you thought about that it was really cool, that it would help people. Mm-hmm. And you went for it, right? Yeah. Was there anything else that inspired you to start this?
1: Uh, so, surprisingly, I had actually never met someone who was blind before I started this project. Uh, we were actually talking about our business idea. And one of the guys, we always do, like, our updates of the week. One guy said he just finished a Toastmasters speech with someone from Disability Services. And I had the 3D printing on my mind already, and I was like, well, what can you do with 3D printing and Disability Services? And somehow I landed upon uh, someone who is blind being able to use a map, and it just went from there. I learned how to use SolidWorks, I downloaded CAD software the next day, and then within a week I had a 3D printed map.
0: Wow. So you took up that pop-up class Mm that taught you 3D printing right? Within that class, did they teach you CAD as well? Or do you already previously know a little bit?
1: Uh, no, they don't teach you CAD. They just kind of say you use CAD to make an STL. And the STL is a file that 3D prints. So they just showed you from after you've already modeled it how to start a print. But I had to learn all of the CAD on my own in a couple of days.
0: So you don't necessarily have to be, you know, a an engineer or go through a bunch of coursework to be able to do this kind of project. Of course not. No. no so you, you said you were a little bit self taught, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so so let's say someone that hears about this project that you, you're involved with mm-hmm. and they say, oh, you know, I want to try 3D printing as well, mm-hmm. right? What what tip would you give them to start off? Is there any kind of any – valuable, any valuable piece of advice you could give them when they're starting off a 3D printing project? Yeah,
1: definitely. So 3D printing sounds so scary and ominous and people are like, wow, if you know how to 3D print, that's really cool. It's actually super easy. It's – I mean if you think about a hot glue gun – it lays down one layer, and then if you move the Haku glue gun up, you could draw another layer. That's exactly how a 3D printer works, but it has a lot of uh, – a really long glue stick, basically. That's how 3D printing works. Uh, the hardest part would be the CAD software. Uh, at a we use SolidWorks. Uh, I'm actually kind of a SolidWorks representative. I've opened up – we have free training online. So SolidWorks has their own YouTube videos, uh, but then you can also get certified through the assistive mapping project. Uh, Completely for free, so if you do want to kind of test your skills, and uh, SolidWorks is also a skill that a lot of mechanical engineers have to learn, Um, you can use those skills to create the maps or do any three D printing project. Honestly,
0: so all this, you know, has happened within the last few years of your life. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, man. Yeah, That's, that's really awesome. Yeah, you know, a lot of people want to start entrepreneurial. Projects or different ventures during college, Mm -hmm. but they find it really hard to do so, Mm -hmm. right? So, what what advice would you give those people? Those people who currently feel uninspired and don't feel like they quote unquote have enough time to do a project like this?
1: Definitely, Uh, I managing your time. We all have we have we all have such little time, especially as college students. It's it's the second most precious thing behind uh, sleep, I guess, and money. College students don't have a lot of time. You have to be able to manage that time well and figure out what means the most to you. And if you want to start a business doing – mowing people's lawns on the side while you're in college, you – I feel like the best thing to do is to talk to people. If you're a college student, that opens so many doors for you. And if you just talk about your ideas, that opens so many doors as well. So especially being an Aggie, I mean there's so many things just being at A&M that help (laughs) you. Uh, If you just start talking to people about your ideas and start connecting with people, you might find out that the guy that sits next to you in econ class actually has – Ten extra lawnmowers or something. That he's willing to sell you for super cheap. I mean, there's there's just so many people around you that are always willing to help, especially at A and M. That it's just it's always worth it. You should just go for it for sure.
0: I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna like personally take that advice too because there's things I've been wanting to start. Mm-hmm. You know, besides the podcast that I've been wanting to incorporate into my college career, but it's just time time is flying by, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we're Definitely. you have how much long left in school?
1: A uh, year and a half.
0: Year and a half, right? So we're about in the same boat. So we're gonna be here for a few more. A few more semesters, but I think that everyone who comes to university or anyone in general, not not just students but since the majority of people listening are students just it's it's a it's a sense of understanding that how valuable time is, and that there are things that you're that people are probably doing that are a waste of time but they didn't know it because mm-hmm. they have become like habits, yeah. you know bad habits, yeah, you know binge watching shows and all this kind of things like people think it's oh this is how I'm de-stressing but you know it's not really not really productive mm-hmm. right and so part of all this project you've you've had a team to help you correct yeah. Cause all this thing cannot be done without your team, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me about the team members that have been involved in this project for you.
1: Yeah, so freshman year, I kind of started out by myself just to see if it would work out. But we started getting some articles written in. It, the, the whole process is just so beneficial to everyone. I, I wanted to expand. I wanted to re- bring more people on. So uh, the two people that are involved on our board other than me are Russell Geyer. He's also a mechanical engineer. And then Ashlyn Peterson, she's a junior communications major. Uh, And actually, we were all in in Flex, the freshman leadership organization together, even with Carlos. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we meant, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so that's that's our executive board. Um, Russell kind of handles a lot of the operations. Uh, I I handle a lot of big picture and kind of reaching out to uh, companies or thinking about new ideas. And then Ashlyn handles a lot of the communications. So she does uh, our social media. She does reaching out to other campuses, stuff like that. And then on top of that, we also have our five design engineers, and those guys are incredible, let me tell you. This semester, um, they've been so helpful. We've, we're kind of doing this our first time, really setting up like training videos for them and how to do the whole process of creating a map from scratch. Uh, they've been super patient with us, and they've done a great job. We have we have people from someone that's already certified in SOLIDWORKS to an electrical engineer that's never opened SOLIDWORKS. and wow. Uh, this week they just finished up the buildings in the roads and they're finishing the Braille uh, currently. So starting next Wednesday, we'll all start 3D printing the maps and then we're sending them off to their colleges this uh, right before the end of the semester.
0: So the, the ones they're finishing up right now, are they, these for the sister schools, the A&M sister schools? Yeah, yeah. Okay. like Prairie,
1: Prairie View, International. Uh, there's a couple others. I remember off the top of my head.
0: Galveston, yeah. maybe Corpus. Uh, I think, yeah, some of those. And you guys are, of course, I'm I'm assuming you guys are planning to expand to other universities as well, Mm -hmm. correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, next semester. So right now we have our three people on the board and five people, uh, design engineers. We want to start bringing in next semester, we're going to bring in about three communications, three finance, and maybe some accounting or something like that. We really want to make an interdisciplinary student team of maybe 20 students all working towards a project that can benefit other people as well. So you actually can make an impact and work on a multidisciplinary team during college, which I feel like a lot of people don't get to do. And that I feel like even that is almost like work experience. You don't you don't get to interface with someone in the business school every day,
0: you know? Yeah, and that's I think that's really important to diversify the 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 student body's interactions. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people they they're, they go towards hang out with people who they're most comfortable spending time with just because they have a lot of way too many things in common. Exactly. Right? But you don't realize that there's other people who you might have a lot of things in common as well mm-hmm. and that you could connect with and you could spend valuable time with and work on something like the assistive mapping projects. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. So 3D printing is relatively new, mm-hmm. but in the short amount of time that it's been a big part of people's lives, you know, I think me and you know it's been a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you started this, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you researched a little bit about 3D printing and all the benefits and all this. So what, what kind of future do you see with 3D printing, you know, besides the mapping and stuff?
1: Definitely. So there's some really cool technology coming out lately. So the way I described kind of having a long glue stick is, is called FDM. It's a really basic type of printing. Uh, the biggest issue with 3D printing is it's kind of slow, and if something messes up, it's you kind of have to scrap the whole part and try again. If you have a 60-hour 3D print going and it stops and something messes up on hour 50, it's kind of trash. You have to start over. Uh, some of the really cool things that are coming out, I know there are like 3D. some companies 3D printing houses – Uh, in Austin. Oh yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Uh, I also think 3d printing is going to be really big in space. So I want to go towards the aerospace field. Uh, there's a company called made in space that actually has a 3d printer on the international space station. Uh, and that whole concept really makes a lot of sense as well. So like even think of like a Martian base, uh, if you wanted to have a civilization on Mars, you wouldn't fly sheet rock, fly wood, all to Mars from earth. You would use the materials that are available to you. So if you could take, let's say, the Martian soil and turn it into some plastic or some some kind of material that you could print with and make wrenches or houses or something, it makes a lot more sense to send up, like, small materials you need to run that machine. So I I think think 3D printing is sticking around for a long time, and there's a lot of really cool innovations that are coming out with it.
0: That's really cool. I mean, the possibilities for it are endless as well. Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, I think I've done a little bit of research on 3D printing as well. I I wrote a paper on it freshman year, and – Something I ran along with—I don't know if it, it ever got executed—but I heard that potentially astronauts would be able to 3D print food at in the National <laughs> Space Station. Have you heard about that?
1: Yeah, I, I have heard of some companies like they uh, so they'll 3D print like chocolate treats or something like that. Ooh. But the whole the whole <laughs> concept of like using different uh, materials and like 3D printing food is super interesting. I think I think that's really cool. Along with uh, also like biomedical 3D printing, so you can print you can print like stem cells onto someone's skin and match, uh, like, out where their skin should be. I don't know. It's, it's a really wow. cool concept.
0: That's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how we have access to these things here. Yeah. You know? I think, so, let's say someone here that's listening It's a Texas A&M student. Mm-hmm. How can someone get involved with 3D printing on campus?
1: So, uh, I'm actually the 3D printing manager over the Engineering Innovation Center. Uh, even if you're not an engineer and you're really interested in 3D printing, we have the, those pop-up classes like I took, uh, you can access those online, uh, and you can come in. and If you are an engineering student, you can three D print for free at the EIC if it's for a class or a project. Uh, or if you're not, you can just bring your own filament and three D print just using your resources, and we'll let you use the printer for free. Uh, we do have AM has a lot of resources available for students that are interested in that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend come by the EIC and come and
0: chat with me. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'll put people, all your contact information and how they can reach to you later, so they can you know. Get involved with this stuff. Awesome! I think it's been pretty cool. I've been one of the projects I've been wanting to start, three like a three D printing project, mm-hmm. is to three D print my own violin. Okay. I've seen a company do something very not not, not very similar, exactly that. Mm-hmm. They've they've three D printed violins. Yeah. But I just thought it was so cool because you, when you hear it, it sounds amazing. You know, mm-hmm. people are able to create musical instruments out of out of the long glue sticks that yeah. you talked about. <laughs> yeah. Right the the film. So that's definitely the thing I want to try, but I don't know how many resources that would take or how much time and energy, but if it's not in college, sometime in the future.
1: Yeah, I think you'd be surprised actually. So a lot of, uh, there's a website called Thingiverse that has a lot of CAD files kind of just available for you to download and 3D print. Um, There could very well be a violin on there. So if the violin is already, someone already made it and like posted the files online, we could 3D print it, let's say, just on based on the size of a th- of a of a violin, I I couldn't imagine it costing more than thirty dollars to three D print and just resources. Really? Yeah, and, and and you could, and I'm sure it's probably chopped up into a couple pieces, and then it takes a little bit of assembly. But yeah, I mean, we could, it's definitely something we could do at the at the engineering innovation center.
0: Man, I think i to I think I want to do this. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely talk about it after. I'll Dude, definitely for sure. visit your office and see what we can do. Where where would someone buy this kind of film?
1: Yeah, so you can buy filament online. Uh, normally on Amazon, it's pretty cheap. It's twenty bucks for a kilogram, and a kilo can go really, really far. Um, we have, if you think about like the size of like an Aggie ring, uh, you could probably print four hundred Aggie rings. I mean, it's wow. it's a lot of material. It goes a really long way, and you can create pretty much whatever you can think of.
0: That was one one kilo.
1: One kilo for twenty five bucks.
0: Wow, that's pretty good. Okay, I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting more convinced the more I ask you about this stuff. <laughs> So now back into the, you know, the, the core of what this project was for you, Mm -hmm. you know, you started this, it absolutely changed your life. And as we know it, it is changing other people's lives Mm -hmm. slowly all over Texas and is going to go, hopefully all over the nation someday, right? What has been for you personally, the most rewarding part of this whole project?
1: I, I have to go back straight to like the first week I did it. So the, the day I thought of the idea, I emailed someone at disability services and said, Hey, is this something that you've heard of? Is it, is it feasible uh, and I got a response that said, "I haven't heard of anything like this, but uh, we have someone who's blind that you can meet up with tomorrow." So I actually met up the next day with uh, Caitlin Kellemeyer, She's a blind student, and the, as soon as I started talking to her, she was she was very nice. She was actually the very first blind person I met before, and she's like, "Well, I haven't heard of that, but I don't really know like what you're describing. So go give it like go make it, and we'll we'll see what it does." Uh, so that week I made it, and then after I three D printed it and handed it to her. It was just so rewarding to see like I put maybe a week and a half worth of work. I put a lot of time into it, but it was it was something that could help her. So she she grabbed it and she felt around and she felt one of the buildings and she kind of scrunched her face up. She was like, hmm. She's like, I always thought this building was shaped like a square, but it's actually shaped like a U. She's like, I normally get lost in here because I can't use my auditory cues around this area. And she, she was like, it actually helped her better understand the outlay, the layout of campus, and ju- just seeing that it actually helped was so rewarding. That's, that was the best part from the beginning, and going forward, that's kind of helped me go through. Is it we're doing this to help other people, and that's that's honestly what it's
0: all about. That's absolutely incredible. Like, just you know, the very first time this happened for you, mm-hmm. you know, the very first person that interacted with your project that you thought you know was something really cool that could help people, and then when mm-hmm. you saw that it, it was proven that hey, this is actually working for someone and changing their life. Mm -hmm. That's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I think, you know, this project was something that it it must, it had to be done. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things like, Oh, who's going to be the one that makes this? Because you know, there's, there's many resources to help Mm -hmm. uh, students with disabilities, Mm -hmm. but this is really something that is changing people's lives Mm -hmm. every single day now. Right. So at this point, you're expanding, and you're going your your team and everything, mm-hmm. right? So, it's very important to keep in mind, you know, the the whole mission of this whole project, right? Mm-hmm. So, what what is your ultimate goal for the assistive mapping project?
1: Yeah. So, uh, whenever I got, I kind of want to autonomize it right now, while I'm still in school, so I have a year and a half left. Uh, I want to set up a good process that keeps it moving forward. Uh, the the whole our whole mission statement is de- students developing innovations. Right now, that is maps, but we are starting to move into other territories. Like maybe we could develop a wearable that could help someone who's blind. Or uh, for one of my classes, I'm developing a product that's an assistive wheelchair power, basically, to so where you start coasting and it'll it'll continue powering the rest of your ride for you. Uh, and then some other things are like you could make uh, you could 3D print fossils uh, that are normally like. Hundreds of thousands of dollars these priceless fossils that people can't touch, but if you can 3D print them and put them in someone's hand, they can learn a lot better there's we have all kinds of different innovations that we're we're thinking about right now and kind of developing, and moving forward, I just want this to become just a helping a helping nonprofit is 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 giving people the assistance that can help them have an easier life
0: you know that's incredible and back to the wearables because that's actually really really cool yeah would would those be 3d printed as well? Uh, or
1: potentially. potentially, so yeah, 3d printing is a big of aspect it. of it because it's such rapid prototyping. It's something that you could do in a day, like you could model it and then have a solid product that by the end of the day, uh, it is so quick, but, uh, potentially, yeah, definitely. We could potentially even 3d print part of the wearable.
0: That's incredible. 3d printing is changing lives, man. <laughs> Dude, it's it's, super it's cool. part of the future. And, you know, being able to manage this company and these projects and all this stuff, Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that has impacted you that you've done on the side? You know, any other projects or any other um, endeavors that you've pursued?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm. So I do. I, I am a busy guy. So like managing the time. So like right now, I uh, I'm the 3D printing manager at the Engineering Innovation Center, uh, taking 15 hours in mechanical with a business minor. Um, I'm. I just became the treasurer of the Aggie Club of Engineers. Uh, and then the assistant mapping project and then on the side, I'm also starting a, a smaller business where I'm, I'm laser cutting name tags for the career fair. So I'm trying to put a deal together with the, uh, the SEC and I'm trying to create name tags so that we can have more professional looking like engineers at our, at our things. So there's a lot of things going on at all times, but I, I'm, I'm just excited to be doing stuff. So like I, one of my biggest things is that I came from a smaller town that didn't have a lot of opportunities. I mean, we had a dance hall and a gas station, and no restaurants, no stoplights, nothing like that. We had a hundred people in our town wow and uh being able to come to a and like seeing all the opportunities that are here they're, they're it's just incredible to me that like it some people might not want to pursue those it's there's so many things out there, and if you want to do something, you can probably do it. There's probably a resource already somewhere, an organization someone's made to help you achieve your goals
0: so that it's it's a big part of you is the gratitude and the appreciation of the resources that you've discovered here. Right?
1: Absolutely. And I, I I owe it all to AM. I mean I, I, I love this place and the people that go here, they're just they're just so friendly and people are always willing to help you out. And same goes for anybody else. If someone's listening to this and they have a 3D printing idea, come come talk to me and I'll help you I'll help you make it real.
0: And you have a website correct with where with all this information is mm-hmm. at? That-
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Assistant Mapping Projects is mappingproject.org.
0: And in the website, what can people do? Get information, get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. They they can reach out
1: to us. They can see uh, some projects we've worked on in the past. Uh, They can see our current team, the design engineers, and what they're doing. Uh, And then I think there's also a link to a couple articles about our project as well if you want to read a little bit more about that.
0: And, you know, being such a busy person, you know, there's a lot of people that can probably relate to, Mm -hmm. you know, they got so many things going on. It's probably a little discouraging to start something new. But at the end of the day, if you're extremely motivated and you're excited about doing these things mm-hmm. you know it's it's it doesn't matter mm-hmm. right but are are there any any like mentalities that you've established or mentality or routine that you've established that has helped you move forward during tough times?
1: yeah, so uh this kind of goes back to school in general, so uh what was it Self meager first semester, I was thinking, like, I want to be more productive. I, I do like play video games and stuff. Like, I like reading, but I wanted to be more productive. I wanted to have more hours in the day. Uh, so, I researched this thing called polyphasic sleep cycles. It's basically where you, instead of sleeping eight hours at night, you can break up your sleep throughout the day into different intervals and overall sleep less. So, for the full semester, I kind of experimented. I did this thing called the Everyman Sleep Cycle. Uh, at night, you sleep from 11 to 3 a.m., so you sleep four hours. And then you take three 20-minute naps throughout the day. So you sleep five hours overall, uh, but – and you're just constant. And like it makes you more productive. It makes you – because you're awake from 3 to 6 a.m. when nobody is awake doing anything. So you can get a lot of productivity done in hours when most people aren't even awake. But I did that the full semester. Uh, It was super useful. I really liked it. Uh, Right now my schedule kind of doesn't permit it because I have a lot of meetings going on throughout the day. But I am trying to get back to it. But – I mean, going through college, the, the biggest thing I figured out how to do from that was to be able to take a 20 minute nap. Uh, it's it sounds silly, <laughs> but I mean, it, it works. If you can, it's powerful. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a 20 minute power nap. It uh, basically it gives you enough sleep to where you're rested enough to go back to work and keep doing stuff. But it's it's not enough to where you wake up feeling sluggish. You wake up and you feel a little bit more rested. You don't feel like Ugh, I just had that awful nap and I'm even more tired than when I started. But yeah, <laughs> and are you still
0: doing that t- till this day?
1: Uh, no, so I did it that s- that semester, and then I had to stop it because I was I went into my internship, and then uh, uh, right now I am I'm, I'm trying to do it next semester, so I'll try to do it in the fall again. But
0: wow, that seems great. I've heard of these different sleep cycles that you could try. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ones, but mm-hmm. this one's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know when I would I would possibly try it, but <laughs> I might try it for like a week and see how it goes. Yeah,
1: it's it's tough to get started too. So like you get it's it's. And, adapt, and adapting your body to it. It's also like you get up the first day and like you have to you have to like prep beforehand. You have to like not eat a bunch of junk food or don't drink caffeine and then you eat breakfast at like 3 a.m. to like make your body think that's the new morning. It, it, there's a whole bunch to read about it. Yeah, look up the everyman cycle. It's pretty interesting.
0: Everyman cycle. Okay, I'll post, <laughs> I'll post a resource for that as well. <laughs> cool. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for your time today, man. I know people got a lot of valuable things about this and probably got inspired to – Know try out a project of their own and mm-hmm. devote their time to something they love. Mm-hmm. So, any any last thoughts for for uh, everyone listening?
1: Um, I just go back to like managing your time well. I mean, everybody's busy. I mean, no matter what you're doing, everybody you you might have a little bit of time throughout the day, and it's it's always worth it to maybe cut out an hour of playing video games or binge watching Netflix to kind of work on your projects you want to do. Everybody has a big idea, but the biggest thing is if you can execute that, that puts you a level above everybody else. So I say go for go for that big idea and just jump into it and talk to people about
0: your ideas. Awesome, Tyler. Thank you so much for your time today, man. I It was really fun having you today.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Carlos.
0: My pleasure, man. Well, podcast listeners, that was the episode with Tyler Wooten. I hope you all liked it. And if you guys want to hear more, I do have a website you guys can check out. It's temporary, but if you guys go to carlosribera.podbean.com, you guys can see all the episodes that I've had in the past and, you know, there are different platforms so you guys can listen to my podcasts include Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. And if you guys like what I'm doing, I would love it if you guys drop the review on iTunes to let me know how I'm how my progress is going. And I, I told you all about it earlier in the month, but this this month's book of the month is called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. And I'll post the link in the description so you guys can check out more information as well. But that was it for this episode, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. <music>